Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Flashes, champions of the Mid-American Conference. Little trick play and a throw to Baker Mayfield to tie the game. Period grab by Linder. Throw to first. Unbelievable. Chubb will take this all the way. 92 yards. And the Ohio State Buckeyes are the first national champions of the playoff era. The Indians have won the American League pennant. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. I accepted it. Gladiator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pass the Mike Sports Talk. I'm your host, Enzo Orlando, and of course, back with us is our Browns insider who just reads the land on demand, and Tony Groshi, Mason Lauer, folks. He's back. Glad to be back. What a win yesterday. A lucky win, but it was a win. It was a lucky win for sure, but we got the job done with Brissett, Nick Chubb, Kareem on, and our defense really came out, but... I really want to ask you, man, what about your former uh, quarterback, Baker Mayfield, your guy, man, from last year? What do you think of him? Well, he sucked in the first half, and he was slightly better in the second half. But, you know, he did pull them to a lead uh, with about two minutes to go or a little less than two minutes to go. So you got to give him some props for that with his new team. And if it wasn't for a lucky 58-yard field goal from a rookie kicker that's got an unbelievable leg, then the Browns will be 0-1 right now. So I think it says more about the Browns than about Buster, but let's face it, he's the same old Buster. He's not one of the greatest. He's not one of the worst, but he's pretty close. He was, and you really saw why the Browns really wanted to move out of them. I mean, he had an interception. I mean, you see him fumble the ball four times. He literally had no control on like just the snap. Yeah, that's that was starting to become a problem late in last season when he was Brown's quarterback, and I'm not sure what the issue is. The center probably sucks for them too, but you know, I'm sure he'll get on a better page with his teammates. But he didn't look sterling yesterday, but good enough to almost beat the clowns for sure. Yeah, that fourth quarter he really turned up. But I gotta say, the defense played great in the first three quarters. Miles Garrett sacked Baker Mayfield two times. What's your take on the defense yesterday? Um, you know, I thought they were pretty good. They had a few breakdowns, especially in the second half, which you know was not great to see. There was a bumbled, a, a fumbled snap when McCaffrey just picked up the ball and ran for like 30 yards at one point in the second half. And you can't let stuff like that happen. I thought Clowney played a great game. I've always been a fan of Clowney. I thought you think he's a lot better than Garrett, but um, Garrett did get the sack on his old teammate and, you know, he deserves some props and Grant Delpit with the interception, you know, led to the uh, easy touchdown to hunt for the first score of the game. So look, they got the win but they also could have been blamed for the loss because 
they let Mayfield go right down the field on him a couple of times in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they, they let uh, Baker score 17 points on him in the fourth quarter. But but let's switch sides from defense to offense. What were your thoughts on the offense? I mean, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt really pretty much carried it, but Brissett, he, he just had to get the job done. Do you really think he did get that job done yesterday, even though it kind of got tight at the end? Well, Brisket is a game manager quarterback. He's not going to light your eyes up. He's not going to wing the ball down the field. There was a couple times guys were open down the field, and he didn't take the throw, and that's definitely something that Deshaun Watson will do once he gets on the field. Um, but, you know, maybe that's a good thing because there's probably too many times where Buster took shots down the field and he just threw interceptions because he's not that good. But Brissett, Brisket as I call him, you know, manages the game and doesn't turn the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over yesterday. So maybe that's a good thing that he's not too much of a risk taker. Yeah, that is. And I got to say, there's not really much going on for receivers. And pretty much only one radical right game with people shown who had the most yeah. catches and yards. I, I mean, surprisingly, Schwartz caught a ball. I mean, you, you told me you thought he was going to be cut after uh, the preseason. Yeah, well, I read that he was going to get his pregame meal from the fridge, and he dropped it out of the fridge, so it splattered all over the floor. So he certainly has a problem, and he needs to get it corrected. He did make a good catch yesterday, but it's one catch, you know, and Dropper has made catches before, and he's still in dropping. So, and they gave him $50 million, by the way. That's a disgrace. But, yeah, yeah. Joku was only targeted one time. And uh, Harrison Bryant was target more, but he had more drops than the joke. They, you know, according to you, man, they, they might be learning from each other or something. I don't know. It's infectious, I think. Like Jarvis Landry once said, it's, it's contagious. Yeah. Really is. But let's talk about the man of the game, Cade York. I mean, nailing that 58 yard field goal, too, but he was four for four on the other field goals, too, including two extra points. The Browns, do they finally have a kicker, man? Can York really. You know, be the guy that we've been looking for since Phil Dawson. That's how I see it. Absolutely. Well, Cade York is my favorite Browns player, maybe of all time at this point, because, you know, his first game, he just stepped in. He was cool and calm. He was composed. And he just came in and made all of his kicks, drilled the last second field goal. I don't think there's actually a field goal that was made to win a Browns game that was any longer than that. That is the record for a game winning Browns. Kick. I'd have to check on that. Consult with Tony Grossi to get the facts straight. But look, you know, he's already proven to, to make a big kick. Kickers for the last few years couldn't even make a kick in the second quarter from 30 yards away at times. So you got to love what you're seeing. And I think he's my favorite Browns player right now. He just gets the job done. You know, doesn't talk too much smack. Just all business. Great to hear that. Uh, Mason, I know you got to go, but I just want to get your thoughts really quickly on the the Browns taking on the Jets week two. I mean, the Jets are all one, had a very bad performance against Baltimore, but how do you think it is going to be? First game home at the stadium after that big win, man. Well, I think the Muni lot's going to be going in about 2 a.m. instead of 5 a.m. now, which is a good thing. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. But, you know, one thing that people don't talk about about having a good kicker is that it, it lifts up the spirits of your team. You know, imagine if you had missed that kick, then everyone's 
deflated. You just lost to the quarterback you got rid of. And it's like a switch is flipped. You know, everyone's got their heads down going to the home opener. But he makes a great kick like that. Now there's going to be a buzz throughout that building and throughout the city going into the home opener, which is really exciting. And you're also facing an opponent that you really should beat as long as you run the ball like you like you can. And, you know, Brissett does what he does and doesn't turn the ball over. So I think people should be optimistic that they're going to be 2-0. All right. Thanks for coming on, Mason. Appreciate your insight on everything. You know, looking forward to having you on next week for week two. Hopefully another win. Hopefully the Browns are two and zero. And I can't remember the last time we were two and zero. One and zero was 4 You know, maybe even before we came back. Teller, we'll play uh, nine holes, Enzo, with Tony Pizza, right? Oh yeah, we will. We'll play nine holes soon, man. We'll take care. Thanks, Enzo. That was our Browns insider, Mason Lauer, folks. You remember him from last year, would always come in and just bug my old co-host, Matty Hayes. But, hey, enough of that. And we talked a bunch of Browns. You already can't my takes, too. I mean, just what a phenomenal game. Can't wait for this upcoming Sunday. It's going to be rocking down at the meeting lot, as Mason said. But let's get into the rest of week one. We're going to start out Thursday night football. Bills taking on the Rams. And the Bills really showed up to defending champs. Looked nothing like the defending champs. Matt Stafford threw three interceptions, and Josh Allen had a couple too, but he was able to put on and lead his offense. He had three touchdowns passing, one on the ground. Give a credit out to Stefan Diggs, too, and Gabe Davis. They played for now. Don't forget, man, Buffalo's defense really came ready. The addition of adding Vaughn Miller, the former Ram, was a big help as he sacked his former quarterback twice in that game. Yeah, big star. Buffalo's going to be the team everyone wants to be. And Buffalo is on a mission, man. This season, they really want to get to the Super Bowl. After heartbreaks against the Chiefs the past two years, that AFC Championship two years ago, divisional round last year in overtime, they really want to get back. And for them, seeing from the Rams, they got some issues defensively, and even the run, their run game was really not that good, the Rams. They, they're all... Their old Henderson only had 47 yards in this game and had 13 carries. So they need to work on that. I mean, Cooper Cup, best one of the best receivers in the league. He was the one pretty much carrying this offense other than Stafford. So I don't just say about that. But moving up on Thursday, we are going to Sunday, the 1 o'clock state. Saints versus the Falcons. And guess what, folks? The Atlanta Falcons had the lead the whole entire game up until the fourth quarter where – Good old Jameis Winston came back through two touchdowns and helped the Saints beat the Falcons 27-26. The Falcons had a 98% chance winning this game at the start of the fourth quarter. And, of course, the Falcons choke. What else is new in Atlanta? That's all they pretty much do. Jarvis Landry, a former Brown, led the team receiving seven receptions. For 114 yards. Uh, Michael Thomas is back to you. First time in two years. Chris Olave had a decent game too. Had three receptions. Marcus Mariona, man, he, he did his job for the Falcons. Didn't turn over the ball. You know, got the passes. And ran in for a touchdown too. But, man, the Falcons defense just likes to collapse. I mean, Arthur Smith has to figure that out soon. And the Saints are 1-0. First season without Sean Payton too. Impressive. All right, moving on. 49ers, Bears, Soldier Field was a complete uh, monsoon down there. The field was more water than grass. But 
very rough game for Trey Lance. Had an interception, 164-yard passing, a QBR rating of 43.1. And not, not the way, man. They got Jimmy Beasley on the bench, too. Maybe he's coming out earlier than we thought. Maybe Lance ain't the guy for them. He was mostly depending on his legs. Then his throwing arm, and same goes the fields, too. I mean, you weren't expecting too much from these quarterbacks in this game, but the Bears are able to get it done. Give creds to them on that. It was a very ugly game down in Chicago, and that's why the Bears are looking to move Arlington Heights and get a dome, folks. 19-10 was the final score, by the way. Next, Steelers versus Bengals. This was a game where it really impressed me on the Steelers side. Mitch Trubisky was the man, and Mike Tomlin made a good call by having him at the starting quarterback to be the one with most experience and everything when he was with Chicago. You know, didn't really play in Buffalo, but he had 194 yards, one touchdown. Uh, 21 for 38, not bad, but I, the Steelers were pretty much going through defense dominating. Minkin Fitzpatrick leading the team in tackles. Even TJ Watt, man, he was having an incredible game. Had a sack, a couple for, forced fumbles, but he tore his pack, man, his left pack, and potentially could be out for the season, which can really help the Steelers. They were on such good momentum throughout this game until seeing that walk got hurt, but they were able to get the job done in the win, but the defending AFC champions, Joe Burrow, man, he had three interceptions in the first half, and he had another one. He Burrow wasn't Burrow in the first half, and then they came out wearing a comeback, Throwing that ball down to Jamar Chase. We had 10 receptions for 129 yards and one touchdown. And I thought they had it, man. And then it came down to Evan McPherson. They had a chance. It went in overtime, and he missed the field goal. What a rough day for him. He was 2-3, for three, and that that last one up really hurt him. He even missed the next one, too. Uh, it wasn't a good day to have Evan McPherson on your fantasy. LOL meme. So Steelers gain the win 23-20 in overtime. Now let's head over to Detroit. The hard knock team, the Detroit Lions, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles really came out on this one. Everyone was questioning how Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts was going to perform, and he performed phenomenal. Not turning over the ball over, rushed in for a touchdown, 243 yards passing. A.J. Brown, man, that's a great addition they got for the Eagles. As for the Lions, Jared Goff looks like Jared Goff. Two touchdowns, one interception. Gotta give credit to the run game of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. They played great. Just Detroit's defense wasn't really keeping up with them. It's really not much from Aiden Hutchinson in his first game, but I bet throughout the season we will. As I mean, the Eagles kind of collapsed a little bit in the fourth quarter, letting Philly come back 14, but Lions are able to win. So Dan Campbell's going to really have to change his strategy for next week. I got to give credit to Nick Sirianni and the Eagles, man. I mean, they were the ones they won, so, and Dallas lost, so that's always a good sign if you're an Eagles fan. Moving on to the next. Patriots versus Dolphins, and I called this one, and Michael didn't listen to me. Yeah, the Dolphins are going to win this one. The Patriots never do well in Miami, and, and they really, and it shows it right here. Miami won 20-7. Nick Jones ain't had interceptions. Really poor QBR. It wasn't his game at all. Tua, man. 207 yards, one 
touchdown. Was able to find his his former receiver from Bama, Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill having a good game, making a big impact. I mean, this Dolphins team could be serious. They they are potential playoff sets right now. It looks like the Patriots. They're not, but you can never tell in Week One. All right, Miami just you know was fortunate enough to play the Patriots, who just haven't played well in Miami in a couple years. Moving on to the Ravens and the Jets. Take it on the Jets. As Lamar Jackson, still negotiating contract issues, was able to inform him in Lamar Jackson style. Well, having more throwing yards and running yards in this one, going to prove he's more of a quarterback than just a running back. They took on their former quarterback, Joe Flacco, who, who obviously he threw the ball a lot, did have an interception, but the Ravens defense was just too dominant to take on the Jets, man. Not really having a good game. You could say Garrett Wilson, decent performance, four catches for 52 yards. But it was all about the Ravens. Rashad Batemore got the touchdown there. Mark Andrews, man, the, he's the reason why the Ravens are good. One of the best tight ends of the league. Five receptions for 52 yards. And Flacco did go down three times this one. Lamar was sacked twice. They pretty much dominated the whole game. Jets only got a field goal in the first half, and then were able to put up two field goals in the fourth quarter. So really a bunch of cakewalk for the Baltimore Ravens. Browns are taking on the Jets next week at 1 o'clock. Should be a win for that one, but Baltimore went on the win. 24-9. Let's see if the Browns can repeat that next week. Next, we head to Washington. As the debated, the Washington Commanders took on the Jaguars. Doug Peterson's debut as the Jaguars head coach. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, you know, one touchdown, one interception. Carson was in the debate, and he looks like Carson Wentz. Yeah, flew through four touchdowns. Yay, 300 some yards. Yeah, nice. Did have the two interceptions. I don't know, man. Every team that has Wentz is just questioning. I bet you Commander fans right now, like my buddy Austin, they're, catch- they're questioning why they got Carson Wentz. Impressive. I don't get how you give Terry McCoy only two, two, two receptions, and he was only targeted four times too. That's very Antonio Gibson was the one leading Washington. I mean, having Christian Kirk to Jacksonville might have been a big help. He led the team in, in receiving yards, 117 and catches too. Their run game, James Robinson wasn't able to produce as much as people really thought he was. Was. And just their defense really couldn't hold Washington. Both of these defenses didn't hold well in the second half. Can't believe, man. Kickers not having a good day in week one. So that was Washington Jacksville. Um, let's move on to the final one o'clock being Colts versus Texans. I I can't believe this ended it. I picked the Colts in my pick'em league. They tied. They tied, folks. Matt Ryan throwing for almost 400 yards, 352 yards to be exact. Had a touchdown and he has an interception. And Jonathan Taylor, man, went for 161 yards and one touchdown. That wasn't enough for them to get the win. Going over to Houston now, everyone thinks Houston was just going to crap all year. But Davis Mills is really underlooked. I got to tell you why. He had 240 yards, two touchdowns this game. Everyone just think Davis Mills is the best. All right, what, last year was his rookie season. Yeah, he was on a crap team. He's not a crafty again, but he's showing that he can play in the NFL and be a consistently starting quarterback. I mean, the best comparison to Davis, I gotta say, really is Baker Mayfield, just average. I mean, 
but he, he wasn't just getting all that hype and stuff like he and Talib's like Baker was. He, he really was trying to get the job done. Brandon Cooks has been one of their top players, and they got O.J. Howard, too, from Tex Texans. They just weren't really. They, they were going to figure out a win. Overtime was just a disaster. It was just both kicker. Indianapolis kicker missing. Houston really couldn't get it downfield. Couldn't really try to score. And game just had to go in overtime. Clock ran out. NFL overtime rules. Might I would prefer them to be like college. I mean, ties. This ain't this ain't working for like the past what couple years. I think fans are sick of seeing ties and everything. So I don't know what happens if you tie in a pick them. Someone asked me. I picked the Colts in a pick them. I tied. I don't know if I stay in or not. I don't. Know. I don't know. Very interesting. Maybe I get a redo with week one. Crazy week one. And it's not over yet. As we have the 4 p.m. game. As the Giants beat the Titans 21-20. Daniel Jones. was Daniel Jones. Had an interception. Very poor QBR rating with 25.8. It was pretty much safe one on the offense really helping them. And he's looking like his old self at Penn State. 18 carries for 164 yards and a touchdown. The, the, the key to this game was the Giants even, and they stopped Derrick Henry. They hold Derrick Henry to 82 yards and no touchdowns. And Tannehill did a decent job, but that defense really hold them. They hold uh, Tennessee from really getting into the end zone on the run game. On the throw side, they did let uh, them score two touchdowns. They did have a, yeah, have a couple field goals too, but Man, Brian Dable's debut game beating the favorite Titans. Mike Railman, I gotta say, the Titans are probably one of the more overrated teams in the NFL. And they do this all year, man. They, they play an easy team. They You think they're going to get the dub, and they don't. And that's just how it goes with the Titans. Just really, they never lose. People with the win. And then... Let's move on to another one. A big blowout in the NFC North as the Vikings blew out the Packers 23-7. Aaron Rodgers was not Aaron Rodgers. They had the throw from Jordan Love in at the end of the fourth quarter because Rodgers just really didn't want to play. He doesn't like getting beat by a division rival, especially the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins was the man. 277 yards, two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson looks the same, man. If Rodgers keeps on playing like this... Could the Vikings win the AFC North? I don't know, maybe. But this happened last year to Aaron Rodgers. As remember, they lost in week in the week one opener to the Saints. So, what are you gonna expect from Aaron Rodgers in week two? Who knows? Man, the man's the most interesting quarterback in the NFL just based on his whole personality and his playing style and everything. He had a fumble too. I don't know where he was. He might have been doing the Xanax or something before the game. Next, we got Chief versus Cardinals and. Patty Mahomes, he don't need no Tyreek Hill. He was doing fine without him. He still has his man, Travis Kelsey. His new top receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, man. I guess Juju doesn't want to associate with Bruce Jacksonville because he looked like he had no time for TikTok as he was too busy getting catches. Clyde Edwards-Royer was a big player, too, in this one. Not really rushing, but more receiving. He had two touchdowns a game, both were catches. He had the running side, he didn't really know. They have Isaac... Pachano for that one. Isaiah Pachano. Gotta give credit. Sky Moore could be a fit too. Only had one one catch in this one. Hey, watch out. And Kyler Murray. 
Isom why he really ain't the guy. I mean, he was sacked twice in this game. They had to put in Trace McSorley at the end. Just depending on his legs, too. I mean, Murray is a smaller and not a better version of Patrick Holmes. That's the way I'm going to put it. So Chiefs went on to win that one, 44-21. They were very close one down in Los Angeles. The Raiders and the Chargers. Majority of it was black and silver in the crowd. But the Chargers were able to pull away with the win. Herbert having 279 yards and three touchdowns. He's going to be my player of the week. Look at these stats. Derek Carr, man, had three interceptions in this game. Wasn't really in it at all. Raiders were coming back in the second half, but Carr couldn't really finish. Devontae Adams had a pretty good game. Ten receptions for 141 yards. So you can see why quarterbacks really liked having Devontae Adams. Like Aaron Rodgers. But you just got to give credit to the Chargers. And Keelan Allen having the dominant game. DeAndre Carter, too. Their defense... Uh, really holding the Raiders in the first half. Having Jesse Fields your head coach, yeah, it's going to be interesting down there in Vegas. Give you that. Final score of that one, 24-19. Then we move to Sunday Night Football. Buccaneers versus the Cowboys. And first half was very boring, but the Buccaneers were able to keep the lead. Dak Prescott went down. He's now expected to miss six to eight weeks. They had to put in Cooper Rush. You know, Zeke Elliott was there. A lot of people were hanging on Leonard Fournette, man. He said he put on weight in the offseason. He led the team in rushing with 21 carries and 127 yards. Brady's finds man, Mike Evans. He hasn't really left a step. They did that to do. Dallas is not going to be that good of a team as everyone thought they were. Buccaneers won 19-3. You stayed up for that one. I give you respect for that because... That was a very morning. There was no scoring in the in the fourth quarter, folks. So that is week one. Now I'm gonna move over to pick 'em. First, I gotta start out with tonight's game, Monday Night Football, Broncos at Seahawks. Russell Wilson returning to his former team. Ironic, man. Too many uh, former quarterbacks playing against their former team. Baker playing up against the Browns, and now. Russell Wilson playing up against the Seahawks. This one's at Seattle, too. Both fans going to be loud. I think they will be chilling for hard for us. But after uh, once once kickoff happens, they can be ready to boo Wilson out there. But I'm really going to have to go to the Broncos. And the Seahawks don't have the same defense they did a couple years ago with the Legion of Boom. And you got Cheeto Smith as your starting quarterback. Not really much there. Chris... I don't have Carson anymore as I'm running back. He retired. So, yeah. That is it. That is my pick to start out. Our NFL pick as we now go to Thursday Night Football. Chargers at Chiefs. Oh, man, that's going to be a good one. I don't know, last year they put on a classic. You know, I'm going to have to say, man, multi-seams starting out high. It's going to be tough. But you know what? I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. Give me the San Diego Super Chargers, as they used to be called. Now they're just the LA Chargers, where most of their fans don't even show up. Next, Jets at Browns. You know, give me the Browns, man. I'm coming off a big win in overtime. I mean, the Jets got absolutely dominated by the Ravens' defense. The Browns have a pretty dominated defense, too. Give me the Browns, man. We're going to be 2-0 the first time in a while, like as Mason said. Next, Commanders at 
Lions. Give me a tough one. Let's see how cards will do. Let's see what game plan Dan Campbell has for us. So you know what? I'm gonna go with the underdog. I'm gonna go with the Lions in this one. Next, Buccaneers at Saints. Saints always beat the Bucks in the regular season. I mean, the Buccaneers didn't really have that good of a performance against Dallas, to be honest. And, you know, Brady wasn't always connecting with all the season. I mean, well, Chris Godwin's already probably bombed this. He's got hurt. He's coming off an ACL injury. What do you expect? Well, give me the Saints in the month. Get, let's see what famous Jameis has against Tom Brady. Panthers at Giants. Can Baker finish it? Or the Giants in the middle of the hype? I think Baker can. I'm going to go with him on that one. I mean, the Giants played a good game last week against the Titans, gained their win. But, I mean, they did it against a pretty solid team in the Titans. I do think Carolina has a much better team than the Giants. They're giving the Panthers. Patriots at Steelers. Steelers did lose. TJ Watt looks like maybe for the season. But I'm still going to go with the Steelers. They're at home. Mac Jones really looked terrible, and I still think the Steelers defense will be dominant, especially with Lincoln Fitzpatrick. Colts at Jaguars. And didn't the, the Colts lost to the Jaguars on the very last day of the season just to get in the playoff? You know what? I think Jacksonville's going to do it again. Even the Jaguars, man. Doug Peterson going to lead in the way. Trevor Lawrence going to have a much better game than he did last week. Now, Dolphins at Ravens. Both these teams coming off big wins. But I don't have to go Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. He, usually, he does well against the Miami Dolphins. Next, 4 p.m. games, Falcons at Rams. Rams going to bounce back at this one. The Falcons, even if they get out too early, they're going to show them. Even the Rams. Seahawks at 49ers. It's going to have to depend on how Seattle plays tonight. It's a tough one. I, I guess he, if uh, hey, we see Garoppolo out here in this one. But giving the 49ers for now. Next, Bengals versus Cowboys. Cowboys, you're not going to have Dak that, that Prescott, really. Give me the Bengals in this one. Burrow, the Jamar Chase, all day. Give me that. Texans at Broncos. Texans came off a tie. And Davis still will say good, but you're going up in that high altitude. You're taking on the Broncos. I, they are expected to be really good. Let's hope Russell Wilson can win today. But give me the Broncos. Cardinals at Raiders. Both these teams had very poor performance this past Sunday. I wonder which one is more likely to bounce back. Well, if Kyler Murray spends more time watching film instead of playing Call of Duty, maybe. But I really think the Raiders did this one. They were coming back against the Chargers last week. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders. Next, Sunday Night Football. Bears at Packers. It's always a Sunday Night Football game. It always never ends. Well, for the Chicago Bears, so give me the Packers. Aaron Rodgers going to bounce back. He's going to throw four touchdowns against you. You're all, Justin Fields is going to get sacked like five times or something. Because the offensive line has no chance against Packers. And that is my week two pick em. All right. We'll get Michaels in, too. Uh, we're going to have to get the standings from week one. Remember... Loser of the pick'em has to owe the winner ice cream. But let's move into college football. Going on, looking at some notable games that happened over the weekend. And I was watching this one closely. Texas versus Alabama. I couldn't believe it. This game, it shouldn't have been this close for Alabama. You can tell why Saban was mad. I mean, they were up. 
it was tied 10-10 at halftime. Bryce Young wasn't really have that good a game. 27-39, that's really not what. He really couldn't run the ball either. I mean, Texas was holding Bama. Their defense was showing up. And even Quinn Ewers went down too, and, and they were still putting up. Hudson Card, the backup. And what do you expect? In the same Alabama football, you saw that they came down to the very end for Alabama. It, it, they were able to close that out. And you saw Sam Madden's players in the world now. I think Bama winning this game, they win in this cocky. You know, like, man, Texas coming to the SEC haven't been relevant since we beat them in the national championship game in 2010. I think that's really what these players were going off that. And, you know, just because you're Alabama, because you're the best team in college football, it's mean, whatever game. I mean, they lost to Georgia in the championship game last year, and Georgia's a much better program, but they could have lost this one to Texas. Texas really had this game. I thought they kind of did at the end, but it looks like they weren't able to finish, try to get in the end. Bama now ranked number two in the nation over over the AP rankings. Soon, um, let's move on. Two upsets in college football. Maybe actually three. Put it that way. Appalachian State being Texas A&M. A&M, I was with Kent State's football staff last year as a video intern. We get paid, what, $1.2 million just to play A&M. We, of course, got shut up by A&M. Did A&M do that to Appalachian State? No. Appalachian State, known for upsetting Ranked teams. They did it to Michigan in 07. They did it to the Aggies in this one. Haynes King, I've seen him play in this game. He's really not worth the hype at all or anything. Only had 97 yards. Was really there. Sacked a couple times, too. Give credit. Appalachian State was the one playing better throughout the game. They were the ones that deserved the win. AM just wasn't in it. Their defense wasn't, wasn't really that good. Nana Smith was receiving instead of really running the ball. I mean, he just really had no chance. Couldn't really stay in this game at all. Kicking was an issue for AM. and Davis missing a field goal to, in order to tie it. Couldn't do it. So AM has a lot of work. Jimbo Fisher, not a heavy guy. I mean, telling all these kids NIL and all that, and you lose to Appalachian State. you got to be pretty embarrassed if you're AM, I'll tell you that. And their fan base, they were saying stuff, you know, they do some ritual before every game about how, oh, they're not even a state, Appalachian State, oh, these mountain people, they're a bunch of hillbillies up in Texas, look at you. You're not that far off in this game. Appalachian State, man, you always got to remember, they, that, that school comes to play in any game. Don't look at, don't, like, doubt them just because they're in the Sun Belt. And here's my favorite one. Marshall beating the Notre Dame Fighting Irish 26 to 21. The Marcus Freeman era not looking good. Starting off 2 0. Oh, I just got to say, we are Marshall. And it's just going to show on how overrated Notre Dame's program is. We got all this hype in here. Remember last week going into the Buckeyes game? Everyone's thinking, oh man, Notre Dame's going to win this. We're going to put up a fight against the Buckeyes. You know, they have a good chance of winning. And Notre Dame played. Good in that one. Their defense was really what kept them in the game. Their offense really couldn't move the ball that much. Same thing happened here. Tyler Buckner threw two interceptions. They put in the backup, Drew Payne. He throws an interception, too. What do you expect, man? Notre Dame really couldn't get it. Marshall jumped out to the lead. They had the lead in the, had the lead in the ha- at halftime. And they just never looked back. I mean, Notre Dame tried to come back, putting up 14 points in the fourth quarter, but that really didn't help them. Yeah. 
martial herd a place with that fighting. That's right, the fighting herd is what they're called. You know, that belief in Marshall, man. That movie with Matthew McConaughey about the team that tragically died in a plane crash. R.I.P. to them. They just have that spirit in them. And Notre Dame, we don't know where they're at. I don't see them making the college football playoffs. I really see them now. I mean, I can't wait until Notre Dame joins the Big Ten just so the Buckeyes can just beat them again and again and again because they're going to play each other a lot. Say Michigan would do the same too, even though it's run by wacky Jim Harbaugh. I mean, luckily Harbaugh was able to get the win over Hawaii. Man, that would have been embarrassed if he lost to Hawaii. Now to our final game, BYU Blair, BYU versus Baylor. Baylor was ranked number nine in this game. BYU was only 21st. They were able to come up with the win in overtime. What an ending to this game it was. As they were able to score a touchdown. And just all they had to do was hold Baylor's offense, and that's pretty much what it did. I got to say, well, Baylor scored at Blake Shepard. I don't know where he was. Very bad performance from him. Does have a touchdown, but I don't care, man. You, you threw the ball so many times, so many incomplete. You were overthrowing these guys and everything. Give close to Jalen Hall in this one. Played a phenomenal game. The receiving game good. I mean, defense really showed up. Was able to get. Able to get this Sheppin a couple times in that one. Hey, Baylor deserves to go down. BYU, I can see the team going up to 15. As now, let's look at the AP rankings Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Ohio State 3. You know, they blew out Arkansas State. No, really, might have much to say on that game, really. Michigan 4, Clemson 5, Clemson 7, man, Oklahoma 6, Oklahoma. Kent State kind of had you in the first half. It's 3-7 at halftime. I mean, Kent State was pretty much doing much better on offense than you guys, and then you guys woke up and just rolled over my flashes. Man, that, that was a disappointing part of the weekend. Oh, that would have been so cool. If Kent beat Oklahoma, that would really been a great week for me. The Browns beat Baker, and the Flashes beat Oklahoma, man. It's a bad week to be an Oklahoma fan, but didn't work out my, my way, but at least the Browns won. Uh, seven is USC. Lincoln Riley has something going on there. I'll give you that. Beat Stanford. Uh, eight, Oklahoma State. Nine, Kentucky. Ten, Arkansas. So those are the rankings, but now it's time to get into. What are you doing, drunkie? Yeah. Drunkie of the week. I'm staying in college football, and I'm going with Nebraska's coach, Scott Frost, who was fired after... Saturday's game, he has just been. I don't know, it hasn't gone well in. Uh, it hasn't gone well for Nebraska with Scott Frost era. As, yeah, they lost to Jordan Southern forty-five to forty-two. They won on a last-minute field goal, and it's just uh, called the Frost Scott Frost to be on his. Record with Nebraska was 16-31. People thought Scott Frost was going to turn this program. This guy is nothing but the crowd. They've lost so many games. They lost to Northwestern that week one opener. They lost to Georgia Southern. Really have no bowl wins to prove it or nothing. Couldn't even make a bowl game. At the Yeah. Jordan Southern had Kyle... No, 
guys. Yeah, Kyle Vandries, <laughs> the former Buffalo quarterback, folks. Dog on Nebraska. I can't believe it. He, he didn't even be able to beat Nebraska. I mean, that's what you think about having them. And Scott Frost, his now buyout is $15 million. It was going to drop to $7.5 million. So he's walking out with a bag. I don't want to eat. He don't care. He's a college football coach. Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of Pass the Mic. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Remember, all you can always listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you all next week, folks, for another NFL recap. Hopefully, we can get the live stream working. We did have it working. It's just some issues came up and all that, but it's all cool. We'll be back next week. I learned one thing since I've been here. You got to fight for your right.